I want to hate it, man. I'll kill all of you. To the break of dawn. To the break of dawn, baby. Shoot them again. Their souls still dancing. Welcome to episode 9 of Iwi. My name is Alex, and I'm joined by my co-host, Arden. And we are currently recording this on November 25th, Black Friday 2022 in Wilmore Lake, Michigan, with a Blue Yeti microphone. And for new listeners, the format of the podcast is this. So first we record a pre-watch segment, which we're doing right now, and we discuss the subject of the episode, and we declare whether we want to hate it or not. Then we watch it, take notes, and record the post-watch segment where we recap what we just told you, saw and stuff, you know? Make sense? That sounds about it. I think I can follow. All right. So with that out of the way, let's go into the first segment. I want to hate it. Or I want to love it. Or is it cheesy? Well, uh, first, did we even say what we're watching? No. <laughs> so why don't you tell us what it is? Uh, so we're going to be watching uh, Bad Lieutenant. I'm sorry. It's not Bad Lieutenant. It's Werner Herzog's Werner. Bad Lieutenant. Yes. Port Call of New Orleans. Yes. It is 2009's Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, and... It is directed by Werner Herzog. Yes, you heard that right. The illustrious Werner Herzog. Written by William Finkelstein. Starring... Nicolas Cage, the man himself. The man himself. And Ava Mendez. And Val Kilmer. And Michael Shannon. And Brad Dourif. Jennifer Coolidge. It's all-star cast. And uh, so here's the IMDb description. It is Terrence McDonough is a drug and gambling adult detective in post-Katrina New Orleans investigating the killing of five Senegalese immigrants. Oh my god. <laughs> so, I, I guess this is the pre-watch segment, but we should probably tell the viewers that we have actually seen this movie before. Yes. But maybe even together? I believe so. But for some reason, and I know alcoholism wasn't involved or anything, but neither of us really remember too much of it? No, no. I think maybe the infamy is what got us to watch it, like YouTube clips of craziest scenes of this movie. Yeah, but... It, I only I, remember broad strokes and some standouts, but I do not remember anything about the actual plot. Yeah, but we both do have an infinite love of Nicolas Cage and anything he does. Yes. And one of the great things is, I remember once, I think Roger Ebert says something along the lines of Nicolas Cage is yes. an indispensable actor and how he'll take a bad movie that any other actor will make bad. And he will, without winking at the camera, give his all to any role, and he'll take something that would have been trash and make it sea level And the reason that's great in this movie is for some reason, Werner Herzog, because this is a sequel, right? Yeah. This is a sequel to some trash movie. Yeah, 1992, um, starring the wolf from Pulp Fiction. Who's he? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know his name, but he's the wolf from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that's all we need to know. Yeah. But um, Werner Herzog said he would not do the sequel, which he didn't direct the first one, but he would not. He was asked to do this movie, and he was like, I will not do it unless my lead actor, my bad lieutenant, is Nicolas Cage. Yes. And on the flip side, Nicolas Cage said he wouldn't do it 
unless the man directing his acting greatness was Werner motherfucking Herzog. It was the the meeting of the minds of all levels. Yes. (laughs) Coming together in a mutual respect of each other's work. Collaboration with Nicolas Cage. Well, uh, to give you a hint... Nicolas Cage would not sign his contract unless I was directing the film. And I would not sign my contract unless he was uh, the leading character in the film. So, Yeah, I mean, you heard it from the man himself. <laughs> they respect each other. Oh, man. So, the budget was estimated at $25 billion. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, million. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why is it so expensive? <laughs> a country was sacrificed to make Bad Lieutenant for a call. <laughs> oh, the, the, I think it's worth mentioning that the cover of this movie looks like it's a Redbox movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's the trashiest. There's, like, cleavage on the cover. It's photoshopped. And, yeah, like, Nicolas Cage yeah. is, like, photoshopped on the front of it, <laughs> like, opening his jacket to show a badge on the inside. <laughs> yeah. It, it's got this very C movie vibe, but uh, gro- okay. So, do you think it made money or lost money? Well, you, you already told me, so I know it lost money. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it looks like it was a red box movie, so yeah. Gro- <laughs> they just needed to plaster Werner Herzog on all over it. Yeah, like how hard would it have been? To say from the director of Grizzly Man. <laughs> did he? Ba- was he that director? Yeah. He did the Grizzly Man? He did Grizzly Man. Man, what an anomaly this guy is. Yeah, that man listened. He's the only person who listened to Timothy Th- Timothy Treadwell die. No one else has listened to that tape. Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog listened to it. And then he told, like, uh, Timothy Treadwell's friend who, like, had the tape, but she's never listened to it. He's like, you must never listen to this. You will t- destroy it. <laughs> She's like, I will work her. Like, even he couldn't listen to the whole thing. He turns it off in the middle. Oh, man. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, worldwide gross, though? Oh, 10 God. million. Ew. 10 million, 606. That's it. Was this one of those movies that the, the industry made so they could get tax breaks? Oh, man. Like, they kind of want to lose money on it, and that way that they can make it a write-off? Take a bath on it to cook the books. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But it also rocks, I imagine. Well, I guess I just spoiled my thoughts, but... Score on IMDb, (laughs) 6.6. Rotten Tomatoes, 86. Uh, Critic score, audience score, 57. Weirdly enough. So the critics rate this way higher than the audience. And Metascore, 69. Nice. Okay. So it's generally a good side when the critics are rating it higher, I think. For something yeah. like this. I mean, I guess... It goes both ways. Like a Wes Anderson off. film, yeah. like if, I do not think anyone was paid off on Werner Herzog's Bad Lieutenant. Yeah, that's how I feel like that's a legit one. <laughs> yeah, I People mean... People with good taste are like, this is fantastic. Yeah, so, uh, you know, with a Wes Anderson film, if the credits are... Critics rate it higher. I'm like, yeah, critics want to just feel artsy. Yeah. But for something like this, well, maybe we run into that issue. I have high hopes. I want to love it because I want to love everything that Nicolas Cage is in. Yes, yes. And I will love everything that Nicolas Cage is in. I I can be unbiased. That 
We what didn't watch Wonder What was that Five Nights at Freddy's thing that he's in that kind of sucks? I haven't seen Willy's Wonder yeah, World Willy's or Wonder whatever. Man. Yeah, that that's not very good. Okay. I, I can be objective. He's Isn't that one everything. where they didn't pay him enough to speak, so he's mute in the whole thing? There's a movie like that. That's why he's mute in the whole thing? I thought that was just yes. his character. No. Nicolas Cage is what? literally I like... I love it a lot more. Yes. <laughs> Nicolas Cage, like, in his contract or something, was like, I need to get at least this much to have speaking lines. And they weren't willing to do that. But he will still work because he needs to work to pay off his, his dinosaur bones and his castle that he bought. Oh, my God. So they were still like, well, the only thing selling this movie at all is Nicolas Cage. So fine. He's mute. Holy shit. I don't think he says anything in it. He doesn't because that's literally like the writer in his contract. The, is like, this is a fact. This is not just something you've heard. You've like read about this. I mean, I haven't ver- verified it. Oh, my God. I love the movie true. a lot more. Can you imagine being an actor? Like, because there are other actors in that film who are just starting. Yeah. And then fucking Nicolas Cage comes in and they're like, why isn't he talking? The, the script, his character has lines in the script. Yeah, I read the script. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, well, we can't afford to pay for, for a speaking lines. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> we can hire a Nicolas Cage, but, but not we can speaking. have his body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get his likeness. <laughs> At that point, get a double. Yeah. <laughs> Defake him. Get get a guy that's supposed to look like Nicolas Cage. Make it a parody. Yeah. But that's not as good because Nicolas Cage is a parody of himself. That is true. <laughs> Man. Okay, so I take it back. Now there's Even no the movie. Bad ones. There's no movie I think is bad. Yeah. I like that movie now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Nicolas is... Cause... I, looking at it, as long as he's doing his own stunts, which I imagine he has, because they're they're not so hard. I feel like you'd get a double for. Yeah, but like it, he's working at it. Like that's the hilarious that's the thing. thing. He like, puts the effort in. He's st- even though he puts in his contract some sort of writer that he's not going to talk. You think he'd like phone it in, but he doesn't. Like he no, he still gives what they paid for. He gives it one hundred percent. Like take like we almost watched X Men Apocalypse. Spoilers. Maybe we'll see that in the future, yeah, but. <clears throat> We're looking at it. I saw Jennifer Lawrence in it. She's Mystique, and this is like the third time around. She's never in that blue makeup because she like doesn't give a fuck about Marvel movies anymore. Yeah, she and, and she, she doesn't, doesn't try, right? And she doesn't really try. I heard about that too. Yeah, so I mean, you've got people like her, and then you've got Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. who's like, I won't speak, but he just he'll still he give it his all. He kills it without the speaking. Oh my god, the man, the legend. Like, he does so well that I didn't think that that was some, like, behind-the-scenes factoid. I just thought it was the writing of his character. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, was a completely new character that was designed for the movie because I'm guessing <laughs> they had lines for his character. Yes. So now, in a funny stroke of events, he probably has to work harder because he has to sell <laughs> his character without the lines. But on principle alone, <laughs> he won't speak. Oh, my God. That is... The oh man, the magnificent. He drinks energy drinks, does he? It, it honestly makes the, the. I think the best thing about the movie is that he doesn't speak. Yeah, it seems like it would make it interesting because because like, movies the have reason a he's there is because they they hire him to like clean this place. Yeah, he's just like a maintenance dude, right? No, no, he's a he's a drifter. Oh, and he goes to clean the place because like he gets a flat or something and he needs like money or he needs a place to stay and they're like you can stay here as long as you clean it. Okay. And they like give him a Willy's Wonderland t-shirt and stuff and he 
his thing is that he always drinks energy drinks, like, on the dot. Like, he takes a 15-minute break every hour or something like that, and he drinks a single energy drink, he plays pinball. <laughs> so, <laughs> at multiple points throughout the movie, this is now a Willy's Wonderland review. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm intrigued. At multiple points throughout the movie, he will stop like even in the middle of like animatronic monsters like chasing him it's like his watch goes off and it's break time and he goes to the little break room <laughs> and like chugs an energy drink and plays pinball oh while the monsters are there yeah <laughs> oh my god but it's just it adds to the intrigue of his character i'm trying to think of that movie now with a nicholas cage that's speaking and i just what other movies does nicholas cage speak in it's hard to think of one Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what it sounds like you said. No, I couldn't imagine that same movie with a character that speaks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have to imagine the entire plot and... Maybe they everything. rewrote it when they figured that was going to happen. Well, I imagine. I I'd like to think that Nicolas Cage just redefined it through his <laughs> impeccable acting talent. Yeah, like you said, it has to like make it Everyone harder. else is just doing it straight, and he's yeah. just like... Because acting without words would be harder. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but for some reason. Oh, brilliant. You gotta pay extra. And so I think that ties in good with uh, the only review I'll read for this movie here. Um, so this is from the Chicago Sun-Times by Roger Ebert. No one is better at this kind of performance than Nicolas Cage. He's a fearless actor. He doesn't care if you think he goes over the top. If a film calls for it, he will crawl to the top, hand over hand, with bleeding fingernails. I I love that myself and you and Roger Ebert, like, meet on love <laughs> for Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Like, you'll tell people you love Nicolas Cage, and like, what? He sucks. And I'm like, it, good enough for Roger Ebert. Yeah. Like, this notoriously <laughs> hard-to-please critic loves him and i think there's reason behind that yeah and and speaking about nicholas cage just calling for it there's one thing that the interview of Werner herzog uh, on this movie that we saw is there's a scene or nicholas cage comes up to werner and he's just like hey you know werner i i, I know you hate me doing this and you don't like it when actors ask you for like intense motivation but like why is the bad lieutenant so bad why is the is bad it, lieutenant bad is it his family is it katrina is it drugs is it corruption and werner herzog kind of like what roger ebert said he asked nicholas cage he says there's something about the bliss of evil yeah just go for it and one thing i do remember of this movie which again is very little but I do remember a lot of Nicolas Cage going for it. Oh, yeah. That's what I remember. That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> and I think we're going to see it. Oh, man. Oh. So, this film did win two awards. Uh, oh, wow. Dublin, or Dublin Film Critics Special Jury Prize. Goes to Werner Herzog. And Christopher D. Smithers Foundation Special Award goes to Werner Herzog. <laughs> so sucks to be Nick Cage I guess <laughs> well there's a lot of nominations but uh okay so the tagline is the only criminal he can't catch is himself oh my god you is can't he trying? change a cage <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
All right. So, our, it's time for our pre-watch rating. Oh, I mean... So, out of five stars, keeping in mind that none of this matters, uh, what do you give it at this moment? Well, I think I'd give it a five. I mean, I, I really want to love the movie. I just recently found out it's directed by Werner Herzog. Yes. How I discovered that is just I saw on some random, like, image of it. I was looking at other Nick Cage movies on his IMDb. Yeah. And one of the Redbox variants of the covers says Werner Herzog on the top of it. Yes, and I think that's why we're watching it right now. Honestly, yes. Because we found out that this Redbox original-looking ass <laughs> Photoshop, uh, Port of Call, New Orleans, <laughs> it's got like two subtitles <laughs> ass movie. From 2009, rated R, is directed by Werner Herzog. That was fairly fresh off of Grizzly Man. Oh, and that's like his claim to fame or something? That's I think like a so. Big movie. Yeah. I, I can't think of movies that Werner Herzog did that aren't just like documentaries, yeah. honestly. Yeah, me neither. And I knew him first as an actor, like a serious actor. I never knew him as an, a serious actor. Well... He was in, like... Uh, he's in Mandalorian. But yeah. was, I knew him as the director. I remember seeing him. Yeah, I, like, I know he is prestigious. What the fuck is he doing there? I know he's, like, prestigious. <laughs> but the prestigious Werner Herzog's <laughs> Bad Lieutenant Port of Call <laughs> starring Nicolas Cage. That's intriguing. And then we also have a second... Oh, I'll also give it five stars. Right? I'll give it three stars, so there's room to grow. Oh, excellent. Uh... But also, we go off of a scale of 100, something related to the movie. So you come up with it on the spot. Oh, 100 prescription drugs. Yes. Out and, of 100. And keeping in mind, the scale at 100 could be good or bad. Who knows? Okay. Well, so could prescription drugs. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> so what do you give it? 100. 100? Oh, yeah. 100 <laughs> prescription drugs. Yeah. Oh. Like, going through the pharmacy, tearing it apart, seeing what you can find. Oh, man. Out of out of 100 prescription drugs. I will give it 60 cages. All right. Okay. So you have room to grow. So I have room to grow. <laughs> All right, let's watch it. All right. So we can get water first. Okay. Well, do you want to watch... The official Green Band trailer, and then... Sure, let's do that. Okay. So. Galsteam goes with Bad Lieutenant! Galsteam goes with Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> Where's your badge if you're a cop? Here's what I'm looking for. Here's what says I'm a cop. Sir, it's, it's obviously just, just for personal use. I mean, I'm, I'm not a deal. That's for the DA to decide. You're going to dump that bag into I got to do it. Sir, sir, is, is there any way my parents have to find out about this? I mean, can we, can we just, you know, handle the handle this? I'll go to jail on weekends or something like that if I have to do that. My father has a heart condition, okay? This would kill him. Please. Just let me keep this from him, please. Because I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. For yeah. my child. 
Let's have some. Here. Sounds like it. This fur isn't nothing, but this is my grandmother's. It's worth sixty thousand dollars. Where's the rock? Where's the theme? Oh, you missed it. Oh. Werner Herzog's Bad Lieutenant. That <laughs> <laughs> all men die, not all men live. <laughs> oh my god. Alright. Alright. Port of Call. New Orleans. What does that even mean? Can you turn it down a bit? Full loud. Yeah. Do you record the actual movie? You want no. me no. to get wet on account of you? Hey man, I got on Swiss cotton underpants. Child, sir. Come on, we'll get the time of death from on Please. Oh, it's partners now. It ain't worth it. You walk crazy. It's a flooded prison. From award-winning director Werner Herzog. I'll you to return to full duty. The bad news is that you'll be experiencing moderate to severe back pain. In recognition of his leadership and tenacity, Lieutenant Terrence McDonough. This is who we're looking for. His name is Donald Godshaw. Oh, is that his You up to this? All so. right. Still have problems with your back. You take medication for it. Only what the doctor prescribes. Oh, he's got back pain. That's why he has to do that's, drugs. That's why he's always standing weird, too. Got any illegal substances on you? Rob, you make it right, you gotta come up with $50,000. Don't make me look for you, Terrence. This is such a red box. I'm gonna give you a chance to make some money in the old-fashioned way. With a cop protecting you. To a crazy boy. I'm too good to a place. It's amazing how much you can get done when you've got a simple purpose guiding you through life. Oh, my there ain't no iguana. He is doing it in the Orleans accent. And it does have it. Shoot him again. What? Fool. His soul's still dancing. Yes! Shoot him again. His soul's still dancing. <laughs> My bones are aching, Annie. <laughs> I hate sand. It gets everywhere. Oh, 
Okay, so post trailer thoughts. Oh, post trailer thoughts. Uh, it it looks like everything I wanted it to be. Honestly, I guess we never said we want to love it, want to hate it, or is it cheesy? We I think it's clear from how many prescription pills I gave it that we want to love it. Yes, I want to love it too. Or is it cheesy? I want to love it because it's cheesy. There we go. Okay. Alright, so that concludes the pre-watch portion of the podcast. We're now going to watch Werner Herzog's... Port of Call. Port of Call. New Orleans. Yeah. Alright, let's and do it. What's Nicolas Cage's quote? Let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hate it, Holmes. I want to love it, dog. Is it cheesy? The oxyribone clank acid. The enormity of, of their flat brain, the enormity of their stupidity is just overwhelming. You have to do yourself a favor when you're out in the countryside and you see chicken. Try to look a chicken in the eye with great intensity and the intensity of stupidity that is looking back at you. It's just amazing. By the way, uh, it's very easy to hypnotize a chicken. Uh, they're very prone to hypnosis. And in one or two films, I've actually shown that. Incredible. I think that film he's talking about is Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we're back, folks. We just finished watching... Bad Lieutenant. Did you love it? <laughs> well, first, but don't, 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 don't. It's the breakdown. Is this where we talk about what happens in the port of the call? Yes. So, in this next segment, we have our post-watch analysis. It's called the breakdown. But before we watch it, uh, do it. It's a... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Spoiler warning, folks. Why are you listening to this? Nobody's listening to this. Uh, so in this segment, we're going to go through the notes and break it down and uh, try to make sense of what we just experienced. And we're going to, uh, at the end, give our final judgments and declare whether we hated it or loved it. And uh, so uh, let's start. So we open on a a water moccasin, a snake? Yeah. It's so you can really tell it's Werner Herzog's like you can see his direction in it. There are a lot of animals that pop up and the movie takes a moment to just focus. Focus and admire <laughs> the the enormity of stupidity in the animal life. Ooh, ooh look at the snake. <laughs> Look at how stupid it is. <laughs> yep, it starts on a snake and then eventually comes down to, I, I guess it opens during Hurricane Katrina. Yes. Where so. the bad lieutenants come to the sheriff's department to pick up some nude pictures of some deputy's wife. Yeah, so like the first thing we experience of the characters is Val Kilmer and Nick Cage walk in as detectives. They find like a locker with nude pics. Mm-hmm. And Nick Cage is like, I'm going to steal these. Yeah, apparently, like, one of their buddies is like, you need to retrieve my the photos of my wife from this locker. 
Oh, so they were missioned to go there for that. Yeah, they, they okay. were told to go there. And Nick Cage is like, well, I'm going to keep these. I'm going to just keep the nude photos <laughs> of your wife. Wow. What a bad sergeant at this point. And it's not even like they're saying that he's going to just say that he couldn't find them. Because the other dude's like, he'll have my ass. And he's like, he can answer to me. So I'm pl- thinking Nick Cage is just going to be like, yeah, those photos of your wife, don't worry, I have them, but I also would like to keep them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Needless complexity. You just take a picture of them or something. But anyhow, or maybe it's like leverage, I don't know. So anyway, since it's Hurricane Katrina, there's like a prison there also, and it's flooded. Yeah, it, it's just the the jail. Yeah, it's like, just a jail. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's flooded, and one of the prisoners is still in there. Yeah. And a bad lieutenant makes a huge stink out of the fact that he's going to get his, his fancy $55 underwear dirty. Yeah, yeah. So these two cops are like, oh, why would I risk my underwear for this guy, for this, this prisoner? You know. But eventually, bad lieutenant jumps in and... Val Kilmer's like, back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, like, at this point... Nicolas Cage is actually going to jump in anyway, even though he's got $50 Swiss cotton underpants. Val Kimmer's like, you're crazy, man, you're crazy. But then he does it, and he jumps in, but then it cuts. Yeah, just hard cuts to a doctor who's like, you're going to be on Vicodin for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. And also your back's hurt. But they don't say specifically how his back's hurt. Yeah. Then I think this is a moment where it's left to Nick Cage to just, like, to be in the scene and, and portray it. So he does a lot of, like, he grabs the small of his back whenever he gets in and out of a car. And yeah. he walks with this perpetual hunch. Yeah, Arden pointed out the method acting. Because when he goes upstairs, he grabs the small of his back. He's always hunch. He has a little hunch. Yeah. Yeah. Really good acting from Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Honestly, the way he just goes for it, like, I believe it, you know? Yeah. It's like when you watch a Muppets movie, right? It's not realistic. You don't think that these Muppets are real animals, but because of how they sell it, yeah. your brain accepts it. Yeah, the suspension and you of can disbelief. See, yeah, you can see Kirby with... Or Kirby. Kermit the Kirby. Frog. Kirby. You see Kirby. With Michael Caine. <laughs> oh, yes. And you're just like, all right, your brain buys it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of... What Nicolas Cage has down as far as acting. His acting can sell anything. He never has a Desert Eagle. I never really noticed that. Yeah, so like <laughs> this poorly photoshopped cover to Bad Lieutenant. Uh, he's just holding a Desert Eagle. He has a revolver throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then they make Ava Mendez look like some sort of skank who's like some foul temptress who's going to lure him in, but she's honestly the sweetest thing in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's really nice. She is a prostitute, but she's still the nicest, sweetest thing in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we watched this on Cody, by the way, if anybody out there. Plug for Cody. Plug for Cody. Uh, yeah, so Nick Cage is promoted to lieutenant from sergeant for extreme valor in the line of duty, which was apparently, it must have been him jumping and breaking his back. Which is funny, because I feel like the reason they were there was because they were covering for... I th- I think Nick Cage is assuming that he's going there just to pick up dirty photos. Right. Because I don't think the friend is specific as to what he needs them to go back for. Yeah. But then he's looking at documents, and he's looking at transport documents, and they're like, if... There wouldn't be this many transport documents if 
everyone was if everyone left, there must still be someone down here. Yeah. So he finds that. So it's my understanding that no one was supposed to know that this guy screwed up and left a dude in the jail. Right. Yet bad lieutenant then goes there and Finds discovers it and then gets promoted for extreme valor for doing said thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess the friend's SOL. He's out of the nudie photos of his wife and probably <laughs> a job. Yeah. But that's how he becomes a bad lieutenant. Yeah. Instant cut to like cocaine and Yeah, so it's like six months later, he's now a lieutenant and he immediately pulls up to a crime scene recklessly, may I add. Yeah. Yeah, he's driving. Everything's bad about him, including his driving. Yeah, yeah. Like, he drives right into a porch. Yeah. Like, he doesn't drive through the wall, but he drives, like, up underneath the awning of the porch. Yeah. It's one of those situations where you're, like, at a four-way stop, and you don't want to go, even though it's a green light, because this guy's... Is this person going to stop? And he doesn't. He stops just last second. You watch him drive (laughs) up into a person's house, like, an inch from their wall. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he snorts, like, some coke already, like, on the dash of that car. Yeah, he's immediately off Vicodin and Oxys. He's straight on coke now. He's, Which, yeah. my, my drug use isn't, like, insane, but I don't think cocaine helps you with pain. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The effects I know of it is it makes you, like, hyper and, like, you don't want to sleep. and. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think it would do anything for his back pain. But he's snorting it, rubbing it on I mean, his gums. He's and... doing all the drugs. All the yeah, drugs. He's all the doing. drugs. And the scene that he's pulling up to is like a homicide. Five people dead. They're like uh, African immigrants, I believe. Yeah. And they're they were starting. They were selling drugs, and they were moving in on territory, and they were killed execution style. Right. Killed. And he makes it his mission to find out. He has a he has a statement where he says. He always says, like, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you have one small and obtainable goal. And his small obtainable goal is to, to find out who did this. Yes, by all means necessary. And his boss basically says, uh, you're a loose cannon, but you get results. Yes. And this is that trope. This movie is that trope taken, like, to the extreme. It, yeah. <laughs> yes, so Nick Cage has made a choice. In this movie, we believe that he made a choice with his method acting to have a giant revolver pointing at his balls the entire film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because a good a good lieutenant would have their weapon reasonably, like, holstered in, like, a shoulder holster or something. Yeah, like and, a small, hidden, concealed and, one. And concealed, or, like, under their yeah. jacket. But So he's wearing a suit jacket all the time, but where the suit jacket parts in the middle, because he never buttons it... That's where you'll find his revolver messily stashed just in his waistband, pointing directly at his junk. Yes, dangerously. But he likes to live dangerously. Because he's a bad lieutenant. Plus, he's pulling it out all the time. Like yeah, he... but the next scene. So the next scene, prescriptions. We're in a pharmacy, just like a regular old pharmacy. Arden just spit out his water. Yes. Uh, so what happens here? Oh, well... He needs a prescription, and the pharmacist is making him wait, as you do in all pharmacies. You know, she's, got, she's on the that phone. Way forever. She's on the phone. Yeah. He thinks it's a personal call. So instead of waiting, 
he just proceeds to step behind the counter and start, like, going through all the prescriptions and pulls hey, out his own. What are you doing? And she calls security, and security's are like, are you a cop? Yeah. And then he points at this gun that's stashed. Mind you, he has a badge. Yeah, but, it's, but he, he doesn't flash at this, it. This non, like, this takes place in modern times. Standard issue guns are not 357 Magnum. Yeah. So he points at this revolver that stashes his pants. He's like, what does it fucking look like to you? And he's saying this to a security guard also. Yeah, and the security guard takes it. To be fair, he's a security guard. He doesn't have a weapon. He probably would take it. Yeah. And he's like, what do you think? What does this look like to you? It's like a lunatic. A lunatic with a gun <laughs> in his pants. But he, he just walks right in, past the counter, to the drugs, grabs a bunch of drugs, pops them right on the spot. And, uh, yeah. End scene. Great job, Nicholas. I, <laughs> I think Werner Herzog got everything he wanted out of Nicholas. Oh, man. Did he ever. Because <sighs> that's the thing about this. Like, it, more than anything else, Nicholas Cage is fun to watch in this. Oh, and it's yeah. not like a bombastic premise where he's fun to watch just because he's doing something stupid, like that that Five Nights at Willy's Wonderland or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, it's not like stunt casting. I wouldn't say it's but not he at definitely all. Steals the show. He does. He steals the show. And oh, the thing you pointed out: why the hell does Nicolas Cage have such good chemistry with Eva Mendes? Yeah, in Ghost Rider, I noticed it. And I was like, you wouldn't expect it because she's like. A, a babe, right? She's like a bombshell. And it's kind of like, like a weird old dude. A factual scenario of the joke in The Other Guys. Oh, is it? Yeah. She's we're, in that too? Yeah, well, Mark Wahlberg's partner, they're cops, and Mark Wahlberg's partner is Will Ferrell, and Will Ferrell's wife is Eva Mendez. Oh, right. And he's like, you look like such a cow. Why don't you try to put on some makeup? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, the whole time Mark Wahlberg's like, you fucking serious? No, you look amazing. Like, what? the fuck is wrong with you? He's like, you don't need to do that for her. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you don't. It's fine. Yeah, I need to watch I need to put movie. some effort into my look. I know. <laughs> yeah, but they're sweet together. They're sweet together. Yeah, yeah. They they actually do have pretty decent chemistry. Yeah. It, enough that two people have cast them as the romantic opposites. Yes. And this happened after Ghost Rider, so I'm guessing Werner Herzog since he came into this movie knowing that he needed Nick Cage. And then after he probably seeing, watched Ghost Rider right before him. Yeah, and then seeing all the female <laughs> leads that have worked with him, he's like, Eva Mendes has the best chemistry. <laughs> I need to elevate my film with my actors who have great chemistry. <laughs> Get me Eva Mendes. <laughs> I love how this red box movie gives Werner <laughs> Herzog like prestigious director. We need a sequel to this no-name movie, Bad Lieutenant, because I'm guessing they made this to make a loss on it. I'm guessing. Yeah, you think... Maybe that's why they gave Gabe Werner Herzog leverage to do that. They're like, yeah. Yeah, is that going to burn some money? Yeah, do it. It'll be good for the books. <laughs> get Eva Mendes. Like, <laughs> it can't make nothing, because then it'll look like a scam. Yeah. It has to look like a legitimately failed movie project. You need to hire actors that are actual actors, and it's got to be an actual project, but we got to make a loss. we got to take a bath on this. Which is kind of funny, because it's like, they have to take a dive. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's like... a plot, some plot later in the film. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there, folks. So the next scene has Nick Cage stop Val Kilmer, uh, uh, who's being a bad lieutenant. Cage seems like he's dangerously close to being a good lieutenant. 
so he stops Val Kilmer, who's interrogating this dude, and he's like, come on, I need you to drop a dime on Big Fate, who is Exhibit in this film. Right? Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think that's Exhibit. Yeah. He's noticeable. Yeah. Again, they needed real actors. <laughs> Only the best. So, I just put a note. I love when Quasimodo Nick Cage enters stage left or right. <laughs> he just kind of waddles in. The dude chews up a scene. Oh, man. Like nobody else in the business. So, he's sleeping in the department, I guess. And then General Zod enters the scene. And then Cage tries to get him uh, to get drugs from the evidence locker, which I guess is how he's been getting his crack and coke and stuff. Yep. Um, but no more. Nope. No more. Now he's got to get them another way. Yep. Then uh, kind of a infamous scene. Is that scene infamous? I think it is, because like we watched the meme, Don, Guile's theme goes with anything. Yeah, but the it, thing so. about Guile's theme goes with anything, they literally it put it goes to with anything. anything yeah. So I'm not sure it's an infamous scene, but he he totally so he he can't get drugs anymore from property, so now he needs to go straight to dealers. <laughs> so it's kind of this might be the baddest he lieutenants. Um, he goes to like a club, and people are walking out of a club, and he kind of has the cop sense of who has drugs on him, so he stops this couple, and he's like, "I know you got drugs. Empty your pockets. Empty your purse." And sure enough, they have drugs on them. But this dude's like, please, man, I don't, I might, you cannot let my dad know about these drugs, man, please. Maybe I'll go to jail only on the weekends. Come on, man, please. Yeah. And so he's like, hmm, maybe I'll cuckold you with your girlfriend here by your car here on the curbside where anybody could see. And don't you go anywhere. Yeah, it's and, pretty crazy. Like, yeah. he decides he can't watch it anymore, so he starts to leave. And Bad Lieutenant pulls his gun out and shoots it in the air. Yeah. While he's fucking the dude's girlfriend. And then he's like, no, you stay here and you watch. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what a bad lieutenant, this guy. But hey, he... I'm imagining the lieutenant did not drop dime on him, which is what he wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, give and take. Yeah. So, Bad Limit visits uh, Ava Mendez, whose name is Frankie. And, um... Uh... He says, I snorted what I thought was coke, but it turned out to be heroin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they kind of gloss over that. <laughs> <laughs> and then this movie is kind of like dreamlike a little bit. It's kind of like stream of consciousness, because next we go to like a voodoo funeral. Yeah, I think it's just stream of consciousness because yeah. that's, well, I, okay, it's Warrior Hotsock, so maybe it's intended that way. But also, you can <laughs> tell there's heavy improv coming from Nick Cage. Yeah. Heavy improv. We're at a voodoo funeral, and the priest is like, spitting vodka at the patrons. He's like... <laughs> I mean, that's a thing, but how he's doing it is <laughs> I just... I know, it's hilarious. It's like, you don't want to try that take again. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> that's what you hear over anything else. Like, the, the the vodka is out of his mouth in maybe a quarter of a second, but you linger on the... <laughs> <laughs> he does it like eight times. Yeah, he does it all, and it's all over the people there. It's funny. Yeah. Nicholas Cage kind of walks past that, and it's the funeral for the executed people. But, so, he's following, he's doing detectiving now. He's doing cop job, and he goes to this old lady and her orderly, and uh, it's an African-American orderly, and she's taking care of this old lady, and um, it, it, 
Nicolas Cage is just perpetually fed up with everyone's shit. Oh, yeah. So he's kind of given a little bit of guff to this old woman and, and her orderly. And what do you know? Daryl uh, pops in, the kid he's been looking for. Oh, yeah, he just walks in through the window. Yeah. He doesn't just pop in. He pops in through the window. Yeah, he pops in through the window. I should add that point. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks in the window like it's a door. Yeah. He's like, hey, what's going on? You guys looking for me? Yeah. And the reason I guess he wants this kid who just jumps in windows is because the kid was hiding in a closet at the scene of the murders. And so he eyeballed exhibit at the scene of the crime, right? I honestly missed why he needed them. Yeah. So that's that's why the kid is important. Because he snitches on exhibit. And uh, I asked, where is New Orleans? You, you For did a minute, a, I didn't know. You did ask that. I got to snitch on myself. <laughs> you didn't have to, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you asked that question. Like... I forgot that question the moment you asked it. You it looked me in the like eyes. I was ignoring you. I was like, that's not what I heard. You looked me in the <laughs> eyes to see the enormity <laughs> of my stupidity. stupidity staring me back. <laughs> Smoothness of my brain. Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> so, 33 minutes. Oh, it's okay, baby. Nicholas Cage says. I don't remember the context, but. So he enters a house with this huge elephant revolver. And he's just pointing it around, you know, doing cop. And he finds a guy who's holding a gun and he points it at him. You know, and then he escorts him out of the house. He says, I love it. So he takes this guy back to the department and they interrogate him and ask him if they've seen Midget Donald. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have to kind of take notes like this. Otherwise, I lose track of what's happened. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't quite remember all of that we we do a lot of like go to the thing to get the next thing it's like the star wars uh the new star wars movies in that way or what, yeah. was, what was the most recent mcguffin one? to mcguffin yeah instead yeah, the, of the rise of skywalker yeah that's but really... instead of your mcguffin being an ancient sith dagger it's like midget tom or midget donald midget donald because like witness a witness b yeah we we get Daryl, and then we go to other guy I don't remember. I don't rem know he's like, name. no, I don't know the guy, but I know the guy who might know the guy, and I can't tell you anymore. So then we go to Midget Donald, we get Midget Donald, Midget Donald's like, I ain't gonna tell you about nothing. I ain't telling you shit. But somehow he has another piece of the MacGuffin. Like, we take a lot of steps just to get him to... No, 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 no. Oh. He's he's questioning Midget Donald. Yeah, he is Midget Donald. And then Donald. he comes out... So, a lot... Oh, stop. Bad Lieutenant is like <laughs> Forrest Gump with his levels of serendipity. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because he's questioning Midget Donald. Midget Donald's like, no, nah, I can't tell you anything. I don't know nothing. And he tries a little bit, and he just can't give him the crack. And then he walks out the door of the interrogation room to see none other than Exhibit Oh, with his lawyer. And Exhibit's like, I hear you've been looking for me. Are you sure that's not way later in the movie? I'm positive. Yes. So they put him in, they hold him in jail off screen. Oh, wow. While they figure out what they're going to do and what evidence they have. Because so far all they have is like, Don, Donald? No, Daryl. All they have is Daryl right now. Yeah. Who who didn't necessarily see 
they, they don't call him Exhibit in the movie. Obviously, he's Big Fate. They didn't see yeah. Big. He didn't see Big Fate Fate at the murders, but he could have some like testimony. I think his name's also Donald. He has a lot of names. It's hard to keep. I thought track. it was Midget Donald. There's Midget Donald. Yeah, Midget Donald's like his number one lackey. Yeah, he's the guy who wouldn't. Yeah. But the next thing I have is um. So another random scene is he walks into like a Buffalo Wild Wings it looks like and finds Brad Dourif. He's so he's like a gambling guy, a bookie or whatever. I don't yeah, know. he's a bookie. Yeah, and he so, constantly makes sports bets. Yes, so he's not just a bad lieutenant from the drugs and the reckless use of weapons, but he's also a gambler and uh, the cuckolding and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like and the general rudeness. Yeah, like if we're gonna sell that he's a bad oh and pointing guns at people. Yeah. Just anyone. Uh, if we're going to sell that like, he's a bad lieutenant, like, he's got to, he's just got to do all the bad things. Yes. That's kind of funny, because it comes in, like, maybe 40 minutes into the movie, you're like, oh, so he gambles too? Yeah. <laughs> like, guys, I thought he, you got me. He's a bad lieutenant. Yeah, there's a you don't handful need to add, of subplots. like, he's a crazy gambling guy. Yeah. There's so many subplots, they need to wrap them all <laughs> up at the end of the movie within a span of 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but Nicholas <laughs> Literally, Cage. people filing in. To his office. Oh, it's one after another at the end. It's a divine comedy. But he wants a traffic ticket expunged. So that's like one of his favors that he wants. So this bookie has two subplots. And one is... That's right. (laughs) He has two. One's... Tommy was so eat your heart out. Yeah. This is how you do a subplot and wrap it up. This is Werner Herzog's Mastercraft. So he wants a traffic ticket expunged, and there's also, like, a game he wants uh, to bet on. Yep. Because, guess what? Bad Lieutenant owes money to Brad Dourif. Not yet. Not yet, yeah. But he's going to make a few debts where... There's going to be another scene in between. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the next scene is a dying alligator. Yes. Which, knowing Werner Herzog and his disdain for animals, it might be a real alligator that they ran over. Yes. There's a real one right next to it, so I mean... Yeah, that would be very good CGI for 2009. Possibly a real dead alligator. Keep talking. Um, but yeah, so a dead alligator. Arden says it may be a real dead alligator, uh, but the site of the car accident is a, like a state police, a state patrol, and there's like a car accident. And he's asking if he can get Brad Dourif's ticket expunged, like right there at the scene of the accident. Mm-hmm. And it's a by-the-book cop, you know. So he's like, no. And, you know, bad lieutenant's like, oh, come on, don't be a prick. Just do this illegal thing in front of all these witnesses. And then um, Feruza Balk, she's an actress who's like in the craft and, and, and the water boy and stuff. But uh, female... State police. Oh, that's what she's in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she comes up and she's like, hey, I know you, bad lieutenant. Uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go on a date. But then, more importantly, the focus goes to an actual alligator that I have to assume Werner Herzog just found. He's like, give me that handy cam. We're going to look in this creature's eyes and follow it around. Yeah, so the movie immediately breaks. And I mean actually breaks. It's filmed with, like, a different camera. 
And it's just following this alligator, like, on its level. Yeah. It, to the point where I thought it was a GoPro, and then I'm like, it's 2009, they didn't have GoPros. Yeah. He's, like, on the ground, eyes level. It's yeah. right next to it. Yeah, it's, like, on it. And yeah. I think someone's, like, crawling around with it, and it's probably Werner himself. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I just tried to look up info on the alligator, and I couldn't find it. Oh, you cannot find it? <laughs> no, so... You have it's... to assume that he did find and kill an alligator for the sake of filmmaking. It's legs twitching in a weird way, and it stops at a weird time <laughs> that, like, it wouldn't if... Because everything in a movie is intentional, right? Yeah. So, when it stops moving is not at a place where if I was an, a director, I'd be like, now that now here, randomly, is where the leg stops moving. Yeah. When, like, it's not in frame, or really, or anything like that. Unsolved like, mysteries. Now, do I think he actually ran it over with, with a car? I mean, probably not. Do I think that he maybe shot it in the head and rolled it on his side <laughs> and started shooting? He just comes up to the maybe. scene. Maybe. It's like, the director's late. What could he be doing? Guys, I'm here. I found an additional prop for the scene. <laughs> We're going to need a crane shot. I'll tell you all about it in a moment. <laughs> Nicholas, let's get ready. So, yes, we have alligator. Yeah. It, it's pretty great. That's not the only time that happens. No, no, that's not an isolated incident. This is like Jack Hanna's Animal Adventures in the middle of your <laughs> Bad Lieutenant movie. There is a heavy animal theme, and I do not know the symbology. But, no. So we cut to Feruza Ball. It's over my smooth brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's looking at us, the audience. So Feruza Ball is in her black undies. And she's stepping on Nicolas Cage's balls. With her boots, because she still has her. She's in one of those old-style, like, highway patrol. Right. Like, cop outfits with, like, the tall boots, because she's, I think she rides a bike. Uh, but she's got, yeah. like, the white helmet with the big aviator yeah. glasses. So she's wearing nothing but the black undies and then Doing boots. CBT to Nicolas Cage. Yup. And, uh, but he's, like, zoned out on drugs. So he's, like... He he's like, yeah, that's really hot and everything, but maybe you could do me a favor and go to the evidence locker and get me drugs, make sure to hide the voucher or whatever. Yeah, he's pretty in depth about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a turn off for her. Yeah, she's like, you're crazy. You're you're such a bad lieutenant. Yeah, a lot of people tell him he's crazy. Yeah, because he is. And so that's a, it's another <laughs> thing that happens in the room, like a. Show, don't tell. Like, we all get that people think that he's crazy. Oh, and it's my. like, oh, you're crazy, Mark. You're crazy, Mark. <laughs> you invited all my friends. Although, Good thinking. in that movie, I can't tell that Mark's crazy. So maybe it is required <laughs> in that movie. Yeah. Werner's getting something out of Nick Cage. I, I don't need <laughs> I don't need other people to tell me that they think he's crazy. You do not I need get to state it. the obvious. Yeah. So, next scene. Back in B-dubs is Brad Dourif, and uh, he says he couldn't get the ticket removed, expunged. Um, so now, instead, he's like, oh, I'll get your money another way. Put two dimes down on Louisiana versus Georgia. Gambling. Yeah. What a bad lieutenant. He's into gambling. He's yeah. into the gambling hard. So, another scene cut, where with Val Kilmer on a stakeout, Bad Lieutenant enters again, and he's like, what are these two iguanas doing here on my coffee table? And he slaps one. <laughs> yeah, he scares it, an actual iguana. Yeah, they're real iguanas. Like, scares it to the point of hissing. 
And Val's Kilmer's like, there's no iguana there, bad lieutenant. Yeah. He's seeing shit, because he's always on the drugs. Yeah. But here's our another close-up, right? Yeah, so when the scene's... The scene's still going. And it just starts shooting these iguanas. Yes. From multiple different angles. Again, scaring them. You get angles <laughs> of them, like, kissing at the camera. Yeah. And... And it's not even, it's like a home video in the sense that the iguanas are like, things are out of focus and the yeah, camera's rattling like around. Resolutions. It, it's in a, yeah, it's in like a home, it probably is a yeah. handy cam that Hand he's using. Hand me that handy cam, Werner, that's a 1080, 720p, that's like, I don't care, I need, I need to see its spirit. Look at this animal. Look at the enormity of its stupidity. Look at it. And you have, like, Nicolas Cage off in the corner of the shot, like, staring at the iguana. Because you know he said, like, just stare at the iguana. Yeah. It goes on for, like, a minute straight, and then he's like, okay, let's see. Yeah, then he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, uh, so they go to... That's the, a backtrack, actually, because that's where they get, that's where they find Midget, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to... That's fine. Order my notes, though. They got... So, yeah, they're going to Midget's house. To do a warrant, I suppose. Val Kilmer's flagging Nicolas Cage. And then they find him in an armoire. So Midget Donald's hiding in an armoire. And Nicolas Cage is like, give us the room alone. And so I'm like, you sure? And he's like, yeah. And then so he's pa- he lights up a joint, tries to pass it to Midget Donald. Midget Donald's like, no. Yeah. And then uh, he asks where Big Fate is. And then Midget Donald's like, no. Yeah, it's pretty bad like that. Like, it got to the point where I thought he was just, like, as far as his work product, he's a bad lieutenant. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what it's about. He's an incompetent bad lieutenant. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, it, again, his his lieutenant skills are... I never sit back and think, like, oh, he's Batman. He's a genius detective. No. No. It's more like he's, he's stumbling into the next scene. Yeah, and, like, threatening old ladies and <laughs> actually assaulting them and... We're going up to his bookie, you know. Yeah. So the next big name actress is Jennifer Coolidge, which is like his dad's girlfriend or something. Yep. And he talks to her, and it's his parents' house. Uh, so I guess he's going to have a dog now because his dad's at rehab, and he needs to look after a dog. So now Bad Lieutenant has a dog, and he's like, I need to give this to Ava Mendez. He doesn't know the dog's name. Yeah. So, Did he get that dog from his dad? I think, yeah, it's his dad's dog. But his dad's girlfriend is like, he can't look after the dog right now because oh, he's going to rehab all the time. He's like, I know a person who can take the dog. Ugh. My prostitute girlfriend, Ava Mendez. She lives in a swanky place. Oh, she is a high-end prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to the point where I didn't know she's a, ho- a prostitute until, like, middle of this movie. Yeah, until till <laughs> bad lieutenants often her up to people. Yeah. Oh, man. And then back at the department is uh, when Exhibit comes to see bad lieutenant. So we already mentioned that. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong. They're seeing each other before... We see him before. When he gets promoted. I don't know. This she's there. A dream, dude. So I think they, that's both of them, like, having... I'm not sure she's a prostitute. I think they, like, both fall into that. Oh, that's possible, yeah. Because at I'm, the very beginning... I'm assuming she's not a prostitute at the end. Yeah, at the end... 
It's Nick. It's not Nick Cage's baby. <laughs> oh my god! It's as happy as anything they're gonna get. <laughs> so okay. Uh, so okay, yeah. So Ava Mendez is at the Smoky Hotel, and she like tries to give the Watchman, the Night Watchman, the dog. But the Night Watchman's like, I gotta go to another job in four hours, so I can't look after the dog. So now we got the bad lieutenant and a good boy. So it's kind of a buddy cop, dog cop movie for a second. Yeah. Uh, he's driving with the delivery boy, Daryl, who needs protection now because he dimed out uh, Exhibit. Yup. Big fate. So now we have Bad Lieutenant, his doggy, and... His doggy nearly chews up the scene. Daryl. Yeah. Because, like, poppers. Oh. Well, not just that. It... The dichotomy of having, like, a real dog that's just, like, being a dog. Yeah. While Nick Cage is doing some, like, weird shit. Like, you realize just how weird he's being and over the top he's acting. When he's around When you have, dog. like, a real... Ant- like, with other actors, again, you're, like, your brain, like, you suspend your disbelief. <laughs> with just, like, a regular dog just, like, panting in the background, like, looking around. They allow that thing to be in the presence oh, of Nicolas like, Cage? His soul's still dancing. <laughs> like, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, somehow it really does stand out exponentially it more. It stands out more. <laughs> so next they go to the Biloxi Casino Hotel to see Ava Mendez again, because he wants to offload his dad's dog onto his girlfriend. Yup. But, dun-dun-dun, she's got a shiner. Oh, yeah, that's and that's when we Black encounter dog. subplot 4A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa, 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 big mistake, guy. Yeah, so he, there's this client that Ava Mendez had, and apparently he was into kinky shit and roughed her up a bit. Yeah. So the bad lieutenant, like, roughs him up a bit. Not even a lot, though. He, like, throws him into a couple walls, and he's like, don't do that shit again, and, you know, don't see her. Yeah. And instead he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This guy's trying to out-weird Nicolas Cage. Big mistake, big mistake, whoa, whoa, whoa. And and also, like, I don't know if this is what they're going for, but his big threat, which, which he, he follows up on, but his big threat's like, you know who my daddy is sort of thing. Which, my dad's a big guy. If, if you want... Developer or something. If you want Nicholas Cage to rough up a guy who's going to be like, my daddy, blah, blah, blah. Like, when you cast that person, you cast, like, like an 18 uh, preppy, to 25-year-old yeah. preppy dude. What, but he gets, like, this grungy, like... Guy with a... Tim Roth-looking fella. Porn stash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and it just doesn't sit right. And and especially when you're, like... You've seen Bad Lieutenant do some bad shit. Yeah. It, and you expect Bad Lieutenant to, like, I don't give a fuck, and, like, stick his gun in the dude's mouth, but instead yeah. he does nothing. While this 40-year-old loser dude is like, my dad, whoa, 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 whoa. my dad, big mistake, involved with mafia, whatever, whoa, whoa, big mistake, oh yeah. It, his dad isn't the one involved with the mafia. That's the subplot I did not figure out. That That's a different, I also don't know where that dude come, came from. But they're somehow related, because at the end he mentions Goombas, and I don't. I think it's the, I think... No, no. They did come from him. Yeah. Because he, he was saying that he didn't get to have sex with Eva Mendez, which he paid $10,000 for, by the way. Yeah. Like, I'd be a prostitute. Oh, man. 
Just Maybe do, she's do high for a little skill, bit. Man. She's high skill. Rack it up. Rack up like a hundred grand and then quit. Yeah. Good for life. <laughs> man, but okay. So we got that weird guy. He leaves the scene. He's like, oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then as Arden pointed out, the method acting is unreal. Because he's like grabbing his spine and stuff. And then um, here's a big scene. So he enters. He's frustrated now because Daryl got away. Uh, no, wait, that didn't happen. Right? No, he did. Yeah, I didn't even Daryl got away somewhere in there. I was too enraptured by Nick Cage's performance. No, it's after because he's after he solves that subplot. Yeah, or starts it. I'm sorry, he starts that mini quest, and then he tells Eva he's like, "Hey, so we gotta go because I got a witness." Oh, I skipped past it. Yes, yes. Okay, so Daryl ratted out Exhibit, right? Correct? Mm -hmm. Ratted out Exhibit. So now he needs police custody to protect him. Yep. So, what does Nicholas Cage's bad lieutenant do? But he offloads Daryl and the dog to Ava Mendez. It's pretty great. And Ava Mendez does not know that this kid, this random kid that's hanging out with bad lieutenant, is like an important witness to a homicide. So she just like lets him go to the bathroom when he asks. And then he leaves. Yeah. He leaves, and then um, he's like, where did he go? To the bathroom. So he finds a bathroom. Not that bathroom. He looks for another bathroom. Walks through an arcade that says, hey, man, insert more coins. And then in the other bathroom, we can't find them. Ava Mendez and him are looking for the Daryl for a while. Mm -hmm. And so now he's pissed because he spent all night looking for Daryl. And he goes back to the old lady, who's his grandma. You know, the orderly. And the grandma lady. And he's like, they open the door to the old lady's room. And as we see the door close, behind the door is a ragged hour and a half sleep Nicolas Cage shaving. Yeah. And he just walks right up to her and rips her oxygen out. Yeah. He's like, I want to know where Daryl is. And she's like, I ain't telling you nothing, man. I don't know. And so he takes her oxygen tube out of her nose and wraps it around her neck to choke her. <laughs> yeah. And it's the, pretty great. And then... Where the fuck is he? He points the gun at the old lady's head. <laughs> yep. And then they tell him where he's at. She sent him to live with her family over in England, so he's gone. Right. Daryl's out then, of the movie. So now. he's he starts to leave. He's like, I should just kill you both anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he just pulls his gun out and points <laughs> well, it at him. Well, at think he's going to be like, okay, thank you for the information. He puts the action tube back in her nose. But then he's like... Well, oh, he does... He's, so he stumbles to put it in her nose, and it just, like, falls out, yeah, and they, yeah. they just keep it. <laughs> Maybe you should drop dead, you selfish cunt, you fucks up. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> takes a minute to tell this lady how evil she is for not yeah. just dying so she could leave her kids more of an inheritance. Yeah. Maybe you should fucking kill you both. You're the fucking regions in this country's going down the drain. And that's why you hire Nicholas Cage. He, he goes for it. He goes for the evil. You and and it's, it's the scenes like that where you're like, Oh, that's improv. Like, you can could, you could see his improv scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the best thing. And, and Werner keeps them. By golly, he keeps them. Yeah. But because of this fiasco, the DA lets Exhibit go. Because he's like, Daryl got out of your grasp. He threatened this lady. And the old lady's son, it turns out, with Action Tube, her son was a congressman. So public integrity is back at the department waiting for him. And, uh... Nick is, Nick is in some trouble. Yeah. So he goes back to Brad Dourif, who's waiting at the department for him by his desk. 
and Brad Dourif is shaking him down in his own police department because he owes him five large now because Louisiana lost to Georgia. <laughs> yup. And so, uh, yeah, he's like, it's just a rent dispute, everybody. Settle down. Again, that's a moment of improv. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't, like, you see the scene, and the scene ends with the guy leaving, and then <laughs> Nicholas Cage just turns to everybody. It's like, it's just a rental dispute. It's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it, it's also, like, there's no good, good shot of it. Yeah, yeah, You can tell yeah, it wasn't yeah. anticipated. And Vern is just like, keep that in. So when the baddies leave, he comforts Frankie, and he takes her to his parents' house. So subplot XC, uh, he's got Frankie staying with his parents now. And Frankie doesn't get along <laughs> with with Dad's girlfriend. Here I come, you whore! His, yeah, they, they literally girlfriend. go on for a minute where Eva's like, you're a cunt, and she's like, you're a whore! Yeah. It's like, my husband's trying to get off alcohol, and you bring heroin in here, and I'm gonna dump the heroin baggie out, and you come It's Which is kind of funny, because, like, some addiction can work that way, but I'm not sure that a... A different type of drug would be appealing? Sometimes, yes, but I, those don't have a lot of cross-lap. Like, alcohol and hard narcotics, yeah. Like, be- because alcohol's so easy to get, right? Right, Like, yeah. if Dad wants some booze, he's gonna just get in his it's car and go to the bar. To yeah. <laughs> he's not gonna be like, well, shit, there's heroin here. I don't have the foggiest how to use it, but <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna start or get more right now. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, the feds come to the door while there's this family dispute has happened. Yeah, and they fire Nick Cage. Yeah, they're like you're on administrative leave starting now because because of one of the friends of the. So we get two subplots Whew. from the two subplots from the oh yeah guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, they int- the feds even say like this other stuff doesn't matter, but it's this one subplot. It's it, try to keep up, folks. Yeah, and they're like that. That's what is going to suspend you because he knows somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he gets suspended. Right, and at an hour eighteen minutes, uh, made sure to take a note. Nicholas Cage walks back from that, saying, "A man without a gun is not a man." Yes, this is very true. That's that's what he comes away with. A man without a gun is not a man. Yeah. I, I'm taking that quote with me to my grave. That's a good quote, man. <laughs> a man without a gun is not a man. It's the most sad you see him in the movie. Yeah. He's down in the dumps. This is his little moment. <clears throat> to bring him back up, he tells Frankie, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, so he's like, I need to show you something. It's a shitty old shed. Yeah, and, and another great it. scene of improv. He like reaches out for this dusty, like old, like chandelier. It looks like it hasn't been touched since eighteen hundred. Yeah. And he like pulls on the light to turn it on like five times. It's not working, and he goes, "That doesn't work anymore." <laughs> and then he continues on. Oh, and he tells this sweet little story where he's like, "My mom gave me a metal detector beep 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 before she died, and I." I thought there was a... See that over there? See that, Ava Mendez? See that? That's Mississippi River. And I thought that there was pirate treasure buried over there. So I used my Melody Doctor, beep, 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 and I found a sterling silver spoon. Where where could it... It's here somewhere. We gotta look for it. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's master, master class writing. Werner Herzog can turn on a dime from the worst point in his life to a sweet little moment. It, 
But does he say we need to look for it? I think he's just like, I could never find it. And then we end scene. Yeah, it just cuts end scene. Abruptly. Yeah. But that's another subplot. Uh, so now we cut to back to the department. Bad Lieutenant, uh, his boss, says, "We now we got to put our best detective in the property room. Big mistake. So now Bad Lieutenant has to work in the evidence locker where all the drugs are stored. And the first thing we see him do is try to get a gauge on where all the surveillance cameras are in the room. <laughs> so we can get drugs. Which he does. Yes, immediately. Immediately. This someone's like, shot. hey, can you check in these drugs? And he's like, oh, the scale isn't working. I'm going to have to get you your drugs tomorrow when I can weigh them. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll get you your voucher for how much there were. <laughs> and then, like, a scene or two later, he does get back to them. And they're like, are you sure this is all a weighed? Yeah, it's like, he doesn't even bother to take a tiny bit out where it's believable. <laughs> like, they're looking at him. Like, I can only imagine it says, like, exactly the amount to get the lowest level yeah. of felony. It's like, I guess it's still enough for a felony, but... So, anyway, he finds Exhibit in the next scene, talks to him, and he makes a deal to protect Exhibit from the other cops. Exhibit's like, what are you talking about, man? And he's like, I want a cut from your drug shipments. Yeah, but we we skipped something as to why that's important. He's making the money. He, he needs to make that money because, again, from Oh Yeah Guy, not only is he well-connected in legitimate things that gets Nicolas Cage suspended, yeah. he also has Italian mobsters come to Nicolas right. Cage's, or yes. no, to Eva Mendoza's apartment. I don't know how I missed that, but there's so much going on. There's so much going on. Folks, it's, if it wasn't for Nicolas Cage, he's the glue that holds this together. He does. Otherwise, it would be a mess. Yeah. But, so, they basically say, like, you know, the, the oh yeah guy said that he didn't get to sleep with Eva Mendez, and like, that's bullshit. He's like, whatever. You owe him the ten grand that he spent, and additionally, you owe another $50,000 and also, my two goons get to sleep with Ava Mendez when we get back. Yeah, so this is another moment where you're like, oh man, what a bad lieutenant. Yeah. Nicolas Cage is a scumbag. But I don't know, I feel sympathy for him there, because he's, he's trying to get out. Well, yeah, but we don't know that during the scene where he's talking to the mobster and his two goons. Because there he's like, yeah, I'll let you run a train on her. You know, we got a deal, don't worry about oh, it. Oh yeah, she's, he's like... You look like shit, though, so get dressed. And then in or the you gotta clean room, up. And right. then as she's cleaning up, he's like, oh, and also, she's got a client coming in 15 minutes, so, like, can you do it, get done in 15 minutes? And they're like, yeah. oh, well, not, no, probably not. So we'll, we'll do it when we get back. Right. And, and that's how he, like, gets him out of it. But then when they're together again, they're, like, sweet, and he's like, I'm gonna get you out of here. We gotta hide you. We gotta stash you at my parents' place where they don't know where. Because yeah. they know where I live, but they don't know where my parents live, I guess. Yeah. So that's why he takes Ava Mendez to his parents' house, because... Right, we, we skipped a lot of stuff over that. And that's why he needs to work with Exhibit to get money. Right, and, and Brad Dourif. He owes Brad Dourif also. Yes, he owes a lot of money. He owes Brad Dourif. He owes... Uh, he needs $50,000, yeah. and now he's lost his job. And yes. one point is Exhibit's like, don't you care about the five people I murdered? Because it's it's pretty well known that Exhibit's the one who killed the, the family that started this whole thing. He's like, look at me, look at you. I never did. Yeah. That he leaves. So now we're just like, oh man, what a bad lieutenant. He didn't even care about those people. Turns out he's a great lieutenant. Yeah. All this was a ruse. But we don't know that yet because next thing, bad lieutenant does some more bad lieutenanting because he sees a guy buy drugs and it turns out that it's a football star 
Oh, yeah, and then, oh, my God, the other subplot. More subplot. And one of the ways he's going to make money is he says, football star, I need you to take a dive. Yes. So so that I don't, like, arrest you for this marijuana that you bought and ruin your literal career. Right. And football star says, like, okay, I'll do it. Reluctantly. Yeah. So, next subplot. Uh, Bad Lieutenant points a revolver exhibit. Because now they're riding in a car, they're like friends, sort of now. They're business associates. And he's in a car with Midget Donald and Exhibit. And he points a gun at him. He's like, I want the $15,000 right now because I owe a lot of people. And he says, I'll kill all of you till the break of dawn, baby. <laughs> and then they all start laughing. Yeah. And they're all okay with it. Because they're all psychos. And at least five times in that conversation, they go, man, bad lieutenant, you crazy. You crazy, bad <laughs> lieutenant. And so, again, we come back to Brad Dourif, and he gives him, well, Exhibit gave him the money, right? Mm-hmm. So now he gives Brad Dourif $5,000 and then another $5,000 to bet on the game where that football star is yep. going to be playing. And... And it's a ridiculous spread. Like, he, yeah. He, it, the odds are not in his favor. And the guy's yeah. like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure. It's going to work. Yeah. It's a big risk he's taking. Yep. And uh, so Bad Lieutenant finds Frankie. And he's like, he has dope now that he got from Exhibit. And he's got money. And he's like, hey, Frankie, let's do drugs together. But now we have a new subplot with Frankie. She's been talking to Bad Lieutenant's dad, who's in rehab. Yeah. Now she wants to be in rehab. She wants to go clean. <laughs> and he's confused now because he's like, do I still want to be a bad lieutenant? Maybe I want to be... Your Nick Cage is going Derek Zoolander. <laughs> I just want to point that out. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I've never done a Yugoogly before. <laughs> <laughs> but then as he's rising the elevator to her swanky hotel room, he sees a picture of him as he's being promoted to a bad lieutenant. And he's like, she really cares about me. I felt something special back in that orgy back there. Yeah. It's a sweet moment. Is that, is that, where, is that scene supposed to portray that he's deciding to be a good lieutenant again? That's what I feel. Because, like, she's going clean. I like that less. I like, I like that the exhibit plotline was always his, like, he's willing to do what it takes. I think he it went still deep is. undercover. I think only in one subplot he's willing to be a good lieutenant. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's just a consideration. He's still not there yet. Oh, no. So the mob guy, though, was trailing him as he went to her swanky hotel and. Follows the, him to Exhibit's place. Yes. Yeah, so at the next scene, we're in Exhibit's HQ, his mansion lair, with his, like, his fancy. You know, drug fancy desk. Yep, yep, his fancy nice desk, which he has a sawed-off shotgun underneath. Yeah, yeah. So. Constantly pointed at whoever is, like, sitting at the t- chair in front of him. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly visible, too, and Nick Cage is uncomfortable with that being pointed at him. So he gets up and comes around the table. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, yeah, you know, Exhibit, give me a hit of that crack. And he's like, woo, this is my lucky crack pipe. Woo, I love crack. And he's starting to talk crazy. And he shakes down Exhibit for another 75%. 25%. Yeah, well, yeah. Was it 25 It was 25 Well, it's Exhibit's, like, not happy now. He's like, come on, man. That's, like, all my profit. And he's like, 
ha, 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 I'm on crack. Yeah, he's really selling that he's on crack. Yeah. He to the point says where, the N-word. Yeah, he says it a lot. To the point where one of the other actors is like, this is a little crazy, like, what do we do? So you, they, they, it might be an ADR line. We're like, that's the crack talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> More spelling out the obvious. Like, they got to pull it back a bit. Yeah. Hey, Nick, the safe word is that's the crack talk. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he has Exhibit take a hit from his lucky crack pipe. Yes, he's yes. like, oh, you don't have a lucky crack pipe, You then you need to try mine. Try a hit of my lucky crack pipe. So Exhibit does. Yep. And, you know, Nick Cage, he's all, he's spooning crack into a baggie. He's having Exhibit, you know, take a hit of his crack pipe. And what would you know happens next? But the mob who was tailing him but just walk right in, I guess. Yeah, they just walk in. I guess there's no guards in Exhibit's lair. Yeah. They just walk walk in with guns, and they sit down, and they're like, all right, Nicholas, Nicholas Cage, you owe us, like, our money. Yeah. And they're trying to bat, bat talk exi- Nick to Exhibit, and Exhibit's like, man, this guy's my friend. Yeah. Like, like he doesn't stuff. do what he says he does, and Exhibit has had a perfectly different understanding of it. Like, Nick Cage always follows through. Yeah. So the the monster's like, well, er, no, Nick Nick isn't even, like, afraid. He's, like, sitting on the desk, cool as a cucumber. Yeah. And he just takes all the drugs that he just got and just throws it on the desk. He's like, well, that's that's, that, that's worth more than what I owe you. That's worth more than the 50 grand. Take but, it. But this mobster, he has, like, a little speech where he's like, maybe when I was younger, I would have just taken that. But now I want all of it. Yeah. And I'm, Exhibit's like, why you got to steal from me? And that he does more of his little speech. Yeah. So, Exhibit blasts him with that solo shotgun. Yeah. And what do we have is harmonica slow-mo. Yeah. It's like... And then everyone's dead, and that's where... This is the infamous line where Nick Cage is like, Shoot him again! What the fuck for? His soul's still dancing. And that's not just the line, folks. Nope, there, there's a... A stunt double of the the Goomba who's the Goomba in like this, is the actor this, who's the Goomba is still on the ground dead. He's still on the ground dead, and you have an actor that's dressed just like him, but is also like a thirty year old dude, yeah, with a mohawk <laughs> and is break dancing, break dancing, and there's an iguana there. And yes, also an iguana. As this happens, Nick Cage is just staring. Yeah, it's just it's the same shot of him just staring. The camera slowly zooms in. He's just staring and smiling a little bit. And then they just shoot the soul and it falls down dead. <laughs> yeah. Because Nick Cage is like, shoot him again. <laughs> yeah. And he does. So Exhibit and Nick Cage seem to have like a pretty good uh, understanding here. Um, they do their best buds. Yeah. And Nick Cage returns back to the police department to screw over Exhibit. <laughs> yeah. He basically tells the cop, like, hey, I think you need to check the murder seat again. I heard there's a crack pipe there, and maybe it has Exhibit's DNA on it. And the cop is like, what are you talking about? He's like, deoxyribonucleic acid? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah, so he goes and gets it. And, uh... Or he he goes off to get it and then run tests on it. Yeah, and meanwhile, Bad Lieutenant goes to his parents' house, but Frankie, she's not there. Like, he goes back to give her her clothes. Yeah, and she's in rehab. But she's in rehab. So he snorts some coke. <laughs> yeah. And his dad's girlfriend uh, sees it. She says, it's okay, sweetie. We're birds of a feather. And then she just kind of leaves. But then he follows her. And then they watch TV together. And I thought it was going to get weird. Yeah, it looked like it was going to get weird because it's a love seat. Like, you know, 
cozy next to each other. More than that, it's it's it looks like it could be just a single seat. Yeah, they're, they're squished up on each other. Yeah, it's like a big. And they're chair. both like suit. He's on coke. She's drunk to shit. She's yeah. always drunk on beer. But they're just watching a game of bullfighting. No, they and then he changes the game to the football game. Right with the so okay subplot's coming back, folks. Yep. So. He's watching the football game, and he was betting on Louisiana to take a dive and lose. Louisiana's winning. Louisiana is winning by eighteen points. You had to explain this to me. Yeah, and he looks the, dive, and the person he paid off to take the dive. Yeah, is just sitting on the sideline, so they're not participating in the game because they said they had an injury. Yeah, the announcer. So they put like, in a new guy, yeah. and the new guy's doing fantastic, and Louisiana is winning. And, looks and like you they said the arrangement. The arrangement was that the football guy plays and pretends he's playing good but takes a dive like at the last second to screw over the team right because because what matters when you bet on sports is the the, the points that they score so if you if you have someone who's going to be able to get you exactly to that point level and then Mm -hmm. not do any better like that's pretty helpful for you yeah and that that's what he needed so by taking himself out of the game like he's not chickening out yeah and he's like i'm gonna kill him but then, as we come away from that subplot, uh, he goes back to his desk at the police department, and the uh, scumbag, whoa, whoa, oh yeah, that guy, yeah, uh, with the porn stash, comes back, and um, he wants to clear the air between them. He's like, okay, you killed those mob goons. I just want to clear the air between us, you know. No no harm, no foul. Everything's good. Yeah. And then good now. Nick Cage is like, oh, phew, awesome, that's great. And then oh. the guy... Gets up and leaves, and literally before he's left the room, As the police chief stage comes right. in. <laughs> no, it's not him. Okay, he exits stage right. Brad Dourif, his bookie, walks Oh, that's right, right. And he's like, guess what? Louis, you won a lot of money, because even though Louisiana was ahead, they the other team caught up and they lost by exactly the points you needed. What are the odds? Wow. And he and then, stacks of cash he gives Nick Cage. Yep. And then Nick Cage is like, I don't need to count and I trust you. So then Brad Dourif leaves. And, and then the chief leaving? comes into screen just his head holding an evidence bag. No, no, wait. Before the chief. The, There's the, another person? Yes. The 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 water boy lady, the craft lady, she comes in with the speeding tickets too and she's like uh, oh, or maybe that is the police chief. No, Somebody that, tells that's him. still that's still Brad Durf. You're right. Oh, right so right, he says that that's his good subplot, and then yes. his subplot about Nick Cage helping his kid with the speeding tickets but he's unable to do it. He's like, oh, and also, thank you, thank you. Like, this female motorcycle cop came by and, like, said the tickets were taken yeah. care of. So here's money for that, too. Yeah, and then he leaves. And then police chief, yes. like, jumps in with the evidence baggie with the lackey crack, crack pipe. He's like, good news. Exhibit's DNA is yeah. on this. And we're going to put him to prison for a long time. And, and next then... <laughs> Back at the house, he wakes up Frankie. And she's found the pirate treasure spoon. Yeah, he's he found the pirate treasure spoon and he wants to give it to her. Yeah. It turns out it's, it wasn't sterling silver as he believed. But it's still super sweet. And, and she loves it. And she's like, thank you. And so I guess just everything works out when you're a bad lieutenant. Yup. It all just worked <laughs> out. I feel like there's still another subplot we're missing. It literally all worked out. And then the next scene, it he's getting promoted. Eva Mendez has Well, the next scene, though... Val Kilmer finally shows back up for a minute because they go to raid exhibits. Oh, yeah. And you pointed out, so uh, every all the cops in the entire world bust into his room at the same time, but some come from behind the camera, which is in the room with exhibits. Yep, yep. 
There, there's no way that pe- Exhibit has the worst guard staff because yeah. everyone sneak just walks into that room. There's <laughs> no idea. I think it's just literally Midget Donald and like one or two other guys. In, in what seems like a really big home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, um, everything works out for him. Even Val Kilmer does a weird last second thing with Val Kilmer, and he's like, "You know what? Let's just kill him. Let's say that he went for his gun." And then we'll shoot him. Yeah, and and Bad Lieutenant's like, no, we're going to arrest him. And it's like, dun-dun-dun, has Bad Lieutenant become a less bad lieutenant? Answer, yes. Yes, because the next scene, one year later. Yes, they play the national anthem. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and he gets a promotion to captain. Everything so now he's out. he's bad captain. He's bad captain. With a pregnant Eva Mendez, everyone has gone through rehab and they're better. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, because uh, a waiter is like, would you like alcohol? And the whole family is there and the whole family is like, we drink sparkling water. No, we'll all have sparkling water. <laughs> it's pretty great. He drives Eva Mendez to their new home and he's like, you're pregnant, Eva Mendez. And, you know, he drives off. But, uh-oh. Arden says at this point, like, it's almost comical how well everything worked out for him. Yup. Um, but after he drives Frankie off, he goes back to a club, and you think he's going to do the same thing where he cuckolds a dude, and but no, he, he just he just steals takes the, the drugs. drugs. And then he's in the hotel room, he's looking at the drugs. I, I don't think he's used them. He's got a credit card. It, it looks like he's playing with them and thinking about it, but I don't think he's used them. Oh, he didn't use them? Okay. I don't think so. For a second, I thought this bad captain had reverted back into a bad lieutenant. I, don't think good captain I think he's struggling with it. Became a bad lieutenant. And then the person he saved way back in the beginning of the movie. His name is Chavez, I guess? Yeah, he he's working at the hotel and Subplot he sees Subplot one comes back. Yep. And he's like, you saved my life, thank you so much. And he's talking to the lieutenant, or captain, and he's like, are you okay? And he's like, sometimes I got bad days. <laughs> and then he asks a weird question, which is, do fish still dream? And I think that's a callback. Like, when he first sees the murders, like the five execution-style murders, he finds a note, and it's like, it's a little poem by a kid, I think. And it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, Fish, he live in my room. He live in a cloud. He see me when I sleep. And again, the camera at that moment is looking into the stupidity of that fish in the glass. Yeah. So that's a callback to that, I think. Do fish have dreams? And uh, they go to an aquarium and just sit there for an awkward amount of time. As the staring at the camera. Camera yeah. staring at them. With fish in the background. And then Nicolas Cage gives out like a tiny chuckle and the movie ends. Yeah. Directed by Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. The legendary Werner Herzog. Oh, man. That's bad lieutenant. Yeah. So, folks, that was the breakdown. And what a breakdown. And now, this next segment, did we hate it? So, Arden, what was the overall uh, moral or point of that movie? Everything works on that if you're bad. Yeah, just be a bad lieutenant and it'll work out. Yeah. Do whatever it takes. What was your favorite and least favorite parts? Man. It's all kind of like a fever dream. It's like a fever dream. It honestly is. Yeah. I think my... 
I think my favorite part is just everything where Nicolas Cage is just chewing up the scene. Yeah, it's all kind of equal. Yeah. If you look up a clip compilation of best or craziest scenes <coughs> uh, from Bad Lieutenant Protocol New Orleans, that's probably the best. It's probably the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably just watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? My favorite part is probably when he tried to click the light on in that shack and said, Oh, hell. That doesn't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Least favorite. I don't know if I have a least favorite, man. Man. Yeah. I, I liked the whole thing because the whole thing is just a vibe, a weird. It's, I, I will say this. It's weird watching a Nick Cage movie that is not schlocky in the way a lot of them are. Yeah. Like, don't get me right. wrong. He's He's destroying the scene. Yeah. Like, he's eating it up, chewing it out, spitting it in the faces of all his other actors. Yeah. But the movie itself is not schlocky. Yeah. Like, he's a schlocky actor in a non-schlocky movie. Well, and, and it's yeah. weird seeing him in, like, in that role in today's day and age. I guess, I guess what, uh, if I had to pick one, I would say the scene where he cuckolds that person, just because that's the kind of scene... Or I, like, wouldn't want anybody to walk in out of contact seeing me watching that. Yeah. So I'll say that just because it's uncomfortable. But it fits with the rest of the movie. So. I say I will say that what Nick Cage thinks his O-face is is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So... What is your post-watch rating out of 5 stars and out of 100... It gets five stars, and it certainly gets 100 pharmaceutical drugs out of 100. Oh, man. It's still up there. Bum, bum, bum. You hear it here, folks. I, it's I, a full score. Well, I got what I came for. I'm not going to say that if I were to rate this movie, I'm putting it up there with, like, Citizen Kane. Yeah. But I got exactly what I wanted out of it. Yes. And exactly. I think that says something, you know. it. Basically, it's... You know what other genre of movies gives you exactly what you want out of it, and they're consistently good for that reason? So Marvel movies. Good. Oh, okay. Marvel movies Marvel give you exactly. Movies. Yes. So, I mean, really what I'm saying is Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans is a Marvel movie. Yes, yes. And that's subjective, but I don't care. That's like exactly how I feel, too. My score would be... Uh, yeah, I'll say five stars, and... Oh, man, the score doesn't matter at all. But I'd have to say, for Nick Cage's, it's a hundred Nick Cage's out of a hundred. There you go. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it it's is Nick Cage at full blast. Like, like what Ebert said, it, this is a movie that would not work if any other actor was in it. I actually have that quote. Uh, so the Robert Eger quote that Arden's referencing is: "Is there another actor who could or would have dared to sign on?" He's talking about some bad movie, probably. Cage is a good actor in good movies. And an almost indispensable actor in bad ones. Yes. Boom. That's like the perfect description of Nicolas Cage. And, and what's funny with people who are good at their craft, it, most people that are good at their craft are expendable. Like, look at Elon Musk. He's picking a new CEO for Tesla. Like, eventually you, you leave and someone takes your place. But yeah. Nicolas Cage is one of those actors. If you have one of those movies that needs him, it needs him. Yeah. He, he is... Well, he, like he said... not substitute him. Yeah, yeah. Like he said, 
a bad movie without Nicolas Cage is a bad movie, but a bad movie with Nicolas Cage still gives you a reason to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Vampire's Kiss would probably just be a bad movie if Nicolas Cage wasn't in it. Right. This one would probably just be a bad movie. Oh, can you imagine this movie if the bad lieutenant was, like, Mel Gibson? Oh, man. I imagine Werner Herzog got this script, and he's like, I have to make this movie so I can take a bath and cook the books, but I want this movie to at least live up to my Werner Herzog name in some respect, so the only person that can salvage this is Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Mission accomplished. (laughs) All right, so this is a dumb question, but did you like the characters or actors? Yes. Okay. Who would you recast this movie with? Nobody. You couldn't, right? You can't. It's the whole point. Yes. Um, so I'm just going to skip ahead now. Who should watch this movie or show? People who should watch it are people who, who are Nick Cage fans. Yeah. Or people who... People who can understand and savor. Yeah, you got to be able to to honestly see the art of it. Yeah, as silly as it sounds, because it's a Nick Cage movie, but I mean they're they're going for something that's bombastic, and you need to be okay with that. If you want to see like a flat movie, or like a straight movie, like like a Marvel movie, for example, like you're you're gonna think it's weird, you're gonna hate it. Yeah. So you gotta like schlocky bad movies. Yeah, it's probably an acquired taste, but if you have that taste, it delivers. Yep. All right, so some trivia and goofs. The movie was originally set in New York, but Nicolas Cage changed the setting to New Orleans to help them after the hurricane. Good guy, good lieutenant Nicolas Cage. Wow, yeah. that's kind of nice. Yeah. And he has a love of New Orleans. Yeah, like, uh, he, I believe he has a... Uh, he does, I've seen it. He has a nine-foot-tall pyramid tomb in New Orleans' oldest cemetery. You've yeah. seen it? Yeah. Oh, what a sight to behold. He's buried in the same place Mary Laveau was buried. Oh, who's that? The Queen of Voodoo. Oh, that's amazing. I yeah. think that's factored into it, too. It, it's kind of a big deal that he has that because those tombs, it, they're generational. You you bury, like, if, if Cage is buried in there, you would bury all the Cage family from now till infinity. Like, each one of those tombs is meant to bury, like, a 100,000 people. It's right. insane how many people are buried in them. Um, but is Nicolas Cage's py- pyramid is just his. Well, no, it's what you do is there's like two, there's multiple tiers to it. Yeah. But when someone dies, you stuff them in there. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. shut it, and because it's New Orleans, it gets like super fucking hot. You wait a year and a day, and at that end of that time, you break it back open, and there's gonna be nothing but like <laughs> you dust. dump out the goo. There's gonna be like dust, and you there's like a hole in the back, and you take a broom and you just shove it to the back and all the dust like goes down to the bottom chamber where everyone else who's died before you had that same process goes that's insane yeah so there's like in that same cemetery it's a pretty famous cemetery there's like musicians like anyone who's a musician from new orleans can be buried there (laughs) so like a lot of jazz if if you want to be yeah you you can say like i want to go to this crypt and they will put you in it that's crazy yeah wow so it's kind of a big deal when Nicolas Cage takes up a giant plot of it, because it's not very big. That's the yeah. reason they came up with the system, to have a gigantic pyramid tomb for him. And you'd think that's really pretentious and stuff, but since it's Nicolas Cage, like, that would be the reason I go to see that cemetery. 
yeah, it's the reason I went. And then I found out how cool it was and how all these other historical figures are actually in it. Yeah, that's actually super interesting. Yeah. Like, he's he's buried next to, like, all the... His plot's right next to, like, all the Italian, like, people in New Orleans' tomb. I wonder... Like, it's if, huge. I wonder if his tombstone's gonna say Nicolas Cage or Kim Coppola. It says something in Latin. It already says it? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. What's this? Oh, you don't know. I don't know what it says. It's probably like Luke Cage is the best Marvel superhero. <laughs> probably. I would have been a better Superman. Hero for hire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he is a Coppola. Um, so, Nicolas Cage claims that he was never under the influence of anything throughout filming, in contrast to leaving Las Vegas, in which he genuinely got drunk to play an alcoholic. Wow. Nicolas Cage is not an actor. He's a thespian. Excellent. For me, it always implies, oh, he's a great actor, therefore a great liar. So with the risk of sounding like a pretentious a-hole, I like the word thespian because thespian means you're going into your heart or you're going to into your imagination, your memories, and your dreams, and you're bringing something back to the, communicate to the audience. Wow. Yeah, man. Delivered on that. He did. So, since he didn't actually do cocaine, what it was, was baby powder in the movie. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Also, you can't have your actor just do cocaine on set. <laughs> well... This doesn't blow my mind. Werner Herzog. Okay. <laughs> the alligator. He said he's never going to retire. <laughs> I believe that. said the, that can't happen. The dude loves making movies. Yeah, he said, I'm healthier when I'm working. And it, it's a positive place to express my life experience. And he said he loves animals. Why you got along with Werner? He owned a rare two-headed gopher snake named Harvey Dent and an African pied crow named Hugin who speaks. And his pet cobras have influenced his acting. Somehow I see it. <laughs> he says about having them. They were uh, not happy and would try to hypnotize me by showing me their backs. And then they'd lunge at me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Herzog on the hallucination scene with iguanas. There's nothing more wondrous than seeing Nicolas Cage and a lizard together in one shot. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to go long, and then the producers are going to make me lose my iguanas. And if they make me lose my iguanas, I feel like I can't be a filmmaker anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh, man. Uh, Nicolas Cage ad-libbed and created much of his own dialogue, actions, antics, and mannerisms in the movie. To the initial consternation of Finkelstein, the writer, uh, (laughs) but to the glee of director Herzog. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. So star Nicolas Cage and director Herzog... Uh, apparently did a lot of vampire stuff, so they have that in common. So they probably like each other. Oh. He did, like, a Nosferatu movie, and Cage did, like, Vampire's Kiss. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, Werner Herzog is the voice of the client leaving a message on Frankie's answering machine. Oh! So he did his little, uh, uh, you know... He did his little... Cameo. Nice! I love it. (laughs) And this is, uh, the last piece of trivia, but... 
Nicolas Cage spent $150 million on 15 homes, including one haunted mansion, two islands, a dinosaur skull, a Lamborghini, exotic pets, and a rare vintage comic book. Cage has amassed a large fortune after working 30-plus years in the industry. At one point, his spending spree, he uh, splurged and went down a perilous financial path. In 2010, Cage had to pay the IRS $14 million back in taxes. During his spinning heyday, he purchased a $150,000 first edition Superman, the first issue of mm -hmm. Superman, a 1971 luxury sports car from the Shah of Iran, uh, 40 acres of private island and that had been on the market for $3 million. To go with the island, he also bought four luxury yachts totaling $20 million, including one named Sarita that had a jacuzzi, a gym, and slept 12 guests. He outbid Leonardo DiCaprio for a seventy million dollar million year old dinosaur skull. Nice. <laughs> he bought his two king cobras named Moby and Shiva for two hundred and seventy six thousand, and then he bought an octopus for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> he owned fifteen homes, including the La Lorie Mansion in New Orleans, which he in the Port of Call, New Orleans, I should say. Yeah. Which he bought in two thousand seven for three point four million. It's known as one of the most haunted houses in America. End trivia. Wow. Yes. So, on our ranking, we have at worst is Old Boy, then Donnie Darko, then Morbius, then Triple X, BF. Oh, what's BF? Yeah. Blood Freak. Blood Freak. Blood Freak. It's a Obscure 1973 horror Why would movie. you not just write the title of the movie? I was in my car driving back to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving to Michigan. Give me a break. Triple X, uh, FL, and <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion, and then The Batman at the number one spot. So where do you think that Bad Lieutenant Park is? As far as, is? like, if they're good? Yeah. It's over The Batman for sure. All right. So new number one, folks. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New I mean, Orleans. Do you agree? I hated the Batman. I thought that was the worst of the Batman movies. Aww. Yeah, I hated it. So, I mean, feel free to bump it down if you don't. Well, I haven't seen, like, all the cheesy 90s Joel Schumacher Batmans, so I can't legitimately say. It's the worst of all the Batmans that isn't the cheesy Joel Schumacher ones. So the Nolan sure. stuff? Oh, yeah. Nolan, Tim Burton. It's worse than those. Yeah, I haven't seen Batman Returns. I'd rate it above Batman 1989. Actually, okay. I haven't seen it in a That's, while. It's a pretty low bar. Yeah, okay. like, <laughs> out of all the modern Batman, sans Schumacher, it's above the worst one. Okay. Like, Deal. <laughs> <laughs> you strike a hard bar. <laughs> Which I think is a spoiler for where I think... Uh, Bad Lieutenant's going to win in his fight with the Batman. <laughs> yes. Is it that Batman? That specific Batman? Yes, it's that specific Batman. Bad Lieutenant's going to wipe the fucking floor with him. Hey, well, don't, don't you know, bury the lead a little here. So, who would win is our next segment, folks. <laughs> it's a battle royale. Here are the rules. So, it features the characters or actors from the current episode versus the previous episodes. The battle arena is either a standard boxing ring or is themed for the episode. So contestants are equipped with their iconic loadouts. Okay. And the win condition is incapacitation, death, or ring out. Normally. In a second, I'll say what the caveat there is. 
but as in wrestling, surviving past contestants can and will make surprise appearances if they're not dead and they're not seriously injured from the previous episode. So, this episode's opponent is obviously going to be the eponymous bad lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. And uh, so we need to give a reason why all opponents are willing to stay and fight, so their motivation, and then the location. So, to give you a recap from the previous episodes, um, so Blood Freak, from the 1972 Blood Freak, Herschel is still recovering from his injuries. I think he's recovered now. But anyway, so who he is, is he is a normal, ordinary 1970s husky man. Uh, he's nothing special. He's not a Dracula. He's not a Dracula. <laughs> and when he does drugs and then does weird experimental turkey chemical, he eats a turkey that has chemicals, and the drugs mix into his system, and then he hallucinates the horror movie aspect of the horror movie, where he has a paper mache turkey head. And he has to drink the blood of drug addicts. But that's all just hallucination. So, what his superpower is, is he has an annoying narrator that will poorly edited cut into the story and say that didn't happen. Alright. And then, we have... He did go to Vietnam. That's why he does drugs. To hide those memories. So I guess he has some training. Uh, but... Bob Bats, which is our shortcut name for Robert Pattinson, the Batman, is the Shadows. He is the Shadows. And he is Batman. He's effective as Shadows. Yes. He's Batman. Have you heard of him? And he can use gadgets and Alfred to figure things out remotely. His biggest weaknesses are that he has no mental defenses whatsoever. Even saying his birth name repeatedly can cause a mental breakdown. He loses, and this is the caveat I mentioned, if he hurts or kills an innocent opponent. So, if he kills somebody, he loses. He cannot win by killing. And uh, also, direct double-barreled shotgun blasts can stun him. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have Jonathan Depp from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, uh, who is an experienced drug user, and his iconic loadout is a shower rod and an evolver. That's it. All right. Yes. So, what happened in the last episode was Owen Grady from Jurassic World Dominion uh, and the rest of the Jurassic World cast were poisoned by Owen Grady with narco berries. Yeah, so he poisoned the rest of the cast, so they're out. And uh, B.D. Wong, Dr. Wu didn't fall for it. Dr. Wong, Dr. Wu is a... Uh, experience in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and managed to subdue Owen Grady. Then he used a laser pointer on him, causing atrociraptors to tear him limb from limb. Jonathan Depp from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas then told Batman what happened. High on adrenochrome, Batman busts down the door to the cabin, demanding to know the truth from Dr. Wu. Due to the bad influence of Jonathan Depp and hallucinating horns on Dr. Wu, Batman assaults. Uh, piece of piece of dudes the Atrocer after <laughs> so he, 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 he wins uh, but while he's hog tying them uh, BD Wong engages Batman in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu excellent Brandon 
said that Dr. Wu from the Jurassic Park franchise is an expert in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That comes from no factual basis. Correct. But they tangle, and it's an even match. Um, then what happens, Jonathan Depp kills an Atrociraptor, and he digs in its brain to get the adrenal gland for adrenochrome, which uh, distracts and terrifies, impresses and terrifies Dr. Wu long enough for the Batman, uh, Bob Bats, to get the upper hand and beat the living shit out of Dr. Wu from the Jurassic Park series. All right. Then Jonathan Depp demands that they leave the scene of the crime, but Batman, being a superhero, can't just leave these poisoned people here. So this creates a rift between them. Jonathan Depp says the next time they meet will be on opposite ends of the battlefield, and he departs. And seeing his friend leave mentally devastates the Batman. And the depressing Nirvana theme from the Batman plays. So he's already at a mental disadvantage. Excellent. And then he tries to put Owen Grady back together because he's hot. Enter stage left. <laughs> Bad lieutenant looking, for, looking for drugs. Yes. <laughs> looking for his next fix. So now, okay, folks, we have a high... High as ball, tripping balls, the Batman, Bob Bats, and we have a high tripping balls, bad lieutenant, in a cabin. In... Revolver jammed in his trousers. Yes, that is his iconic weapon, a gigantic revolver pointing at his balls. <laughs> what happens? Let's go. Well, I think clearly uh, he's going to look for the first person who's got drugs or could have drugs, and so far it sounds like the only person that could be is the Batman. Yes, so, so his motivation is drugs. He's going to be grabbing at him and like hey, sh shoving this revolver in Batman's <laughs> face, asking hey. where the drugs are. Oh, he probably, since he's a cop, he's a bad lieutenant, he thinks that Batman caused the crime. Because Owen Grady, remember, is uh, in pieces... And the rest of the cast is drugged. Yeah. So Bad Lieutenant's looking for a reason to to get some drugs and pull the trigger. Yeah. Because, again, he's high. He's seeing iguanas everywhere. Yeah. Left, right, up, and, down, iguanas. And to, to Bad Lieutenant, this is just another subplot. Yeah. And since um, Bob, Bob Batman is already mentally weak from having his name shouted at himself, and he's high, and he already sucks at combat from what I've seen in the movie. But he is impervious to bullets. Yeah, but that's people who don't know how to shoot him right in the face. <laughs> Which, if there's one thing we know when it comes to Nicolas Cage pointing a gun at old women, he generally points it at their heads. Oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I'm seeing something where he just sticks the barrel into Batman, Bob Batman's mouth and to ask him where the drugs are. Oh, but Bob Bats, generally when he's high, he beats the shit out of people. Have you seen Nicolas Cage fight? If Dr. Wu can be great at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, <laughs> then I don't see why a high, bad lieutenant. All right. So Bob Batts now has a three fifty seven <laughs> Magnum in his mouth. Yeah. And He's being asked where the drugs are. But Bob Batts doesn't know where the drugs are. Or he does know where the drugs are. Because Jonathan Depp appears. Right? doesn't he? Sure. Jonathan Depp came back because he remembered all those people who were poisoned were poisoned with narco berries, and he thought they were narcotics. So he came back to get those. You know? 
Yeah. So, okay, so he's armed with a shower rod and his revolver of his own, and he points it at Bad Lieutenant. And then Blood Freak enters. Wow. <laughs> so now we have a Mexican standoff. But Blood Freak's just tripping balls in the corner. He's seizing in the grass, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, he ate some of those narco berries that were fed to a turkey that Werner Herzog spent too much time looking at, and he's seizing on the grass. So Herschel's out again. Okay. Yeah. So now we have a standoff. Bob Batts, 357 in his mouth. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jonathan Depp, revolver pointed at Bad Lieutenant Protocol New Orleans. And Jonathan Depp is demanding drugs, and so is Bad Lieutenant. Bob? No. Um, Bad Lieutenant takes a hit of his crack pipe, his lucky crack pipe. Right, to calm himself down. Or calm, calm himself up. Calm himself up. Yeah. Then he's gazing into the souls of everybody else, and they're just dancing. Seeing them dancing. <laughs> Seeing them dancing. He's just smiling. He's just smiling. We're just hanging on it. And, and then Jonathan there's an Depp. alligator on the ground. We start looking at that alligator. <laughs> Werner Herzog enters the scene, and he's just filming that alligator. And in the confusion of watching the alligator, now, now Bad Lieutenant, who knows where the drugs are. But Jonathan Depp wants a hit of the Lucky Crack Pipe. Does he give it to him? Sure. But wouldn't that create a moment of distraction for Bob Batts to escape? He can hand it to him while the gun's still in Bob Batts' mouth. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so we're still at an impasse. Jonathan Depp... Or, no, you're right. He doesn't know how to get the lucky crack pipe to Jonathan Depp while the three fifty seven is in Bob Batts' mouth. So he pulls the trigger. What? <laughs> so he can give Jonathan Depp... Uh, uh, the lucky crack fight. You're kidding me. <laughs> the reigning champ, Bob Batts, just got his head blown off so that <laughs> Nicolas Cage could pass a crack pipe to Johnny Depp. He was the one who said he couldn't reach. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> By the way, piece of trivia, folks. Uh, Nicolas Cage got Johnny Depp to consider acting as a career during a game in Monopoly. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, so back to the scene. So, Bad Lieutenant <laughs> has just blown Batman's head off. He is a Bad Lieutenant, after all. It's true. He is a Bad Lieutenant. You can't... You, and Jonathan Depp is hitting, taking a hit of the Lucky Crack Pipe. Yes. So, but then Bad Lieutenant realizes that Jonathan Depp is committing a crime by smoking crack. So he asks for the lucky crack pipe back. And he acts like his friend, his best friend. He asks like his friend. <laughs> Is he going to later give that to the police chief? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they end on good terms, right? Yeah, they end on good terms. Yes. He's acting like he's a, he's a friend. Yes. All right, cut to the police And he department. asks Jonathan Dub to shoot <laughs> Bob Batts again. Oh, yeah. His soul is dancing. His soul's still dancing. Jonathan Dub. Oh. He points the gun at Bob Batts, and he remembers that they were friends for a minute. And then he shoots the body, and it flings off because he's wearing body armor. <laughs> the soul still falls dead. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's a good place to, yeah. to end it. And then, of course, 
uh, cut to a few days later, um, Jonathan Depp is arrested. <laughs> <laughs> well, while Bad Lieutenant sits at his desk, he gets a sea of good news. Yeah. All right. End scene. Well. Well, I didn't expect so, this outcome, huh? Yeah, no, he didn't. So we basically have, uh, uh, now we have the champion is... Bad Lieutenant. Bad Lieutenant. Herschel still lives? He's still seizing he's in, the grass. in the grass. He's, yeah. he's out. He's out. <laughs> he's out. He's having a rough time. Right? Yeah. So we have two champions, or two surviving people that could possibly come up next time. Yeah. All right. Battle over. All right. Intense. All right. So now let's have a little palate cleanser. Let's wrap it up. So uh, is anything else uh, you want to hate? Anything pet peeves? About the movie in general? Or people parking too close to you or, you know. No, I think I'm pretty good at the moment. Nothing I want to hate right now. Pet peeves about stuff that happened in the movie that you wish people wouldn't do? Like... You know, like, like, uh, honestly, I think that movie was executed exactly as it needed to be. Oh, no, I meant more like, uh, wouldn't point a gun at your grandma or something. Oh, well, I guess the cops always flag each other, but in my experience of cops, they do that anyways. So that's, that's true. Not... Yeah. Val Kilmer flagged the, he flagged Nicholas Cage and that's a no blame out. Yeah. They they do that all the time. Yeah. I mean, I was just watching a body cop camera of a cop who was shooting a fleeing suspect in a crowded parking lot of a mire. And they often do hit passerbys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Like, he took a running crossing shot. That's a good pet peeve. Yeah. Good choice. So that's my pet peeve. All right. Uh, so, what else have you been watching? You want any recommendations? Any shows? Any games on your phone? You, you know, I actually just saw Wednesday, and that's that's a pretty good show on Netflix. Who's Gomez again? He's Luis Guzman. Luis Guzman. Which, <laughs> I have not seen him since Community. Con I haven't seen him Where since he is, Count of Monte Cristo. He's the most famous alumni, so they have a statue of Luis Guzman. Are you serious? And, yes. I gotta watch Community, don't I? You do. Oh, man. He even makes a guest appearance. Oh, dude. <laughs> cool. What's me? Luis Guzman. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I've been watching Andor and Invincible. Those are pretty sweet. Recommend Andor. I haven't finished it yet. Last episode could suck. But for now, it's a recommend. For now. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the next episode. Nice. Any final thoughts? <sighs> I think I got robbed by not seeing the Batman, because I have strong opinions on it. So I'd say, next time I'm on, let's do a Schumacher Batman. Oh, okay. Until I then, used I used to see you. <laughs> Freeze. Yeah, let's do that. That'll be the Sick. next one. Cool. Cool beans. So, Batman could come back, folks. Ah, a different Batman. That's different why I thought Batman. it was okay to kill him. I know That's you true. thought I was violating a rule of improv by icing one of your characters, but it'll come back. No, there is in no a different way. There's no violating anything. Nothing matters here. That's true. Nobody's even listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, remember, if you see a chicken, stare in its eyes to see the overwhelming stupidity. And in its soul. And if you're a 
the if you're in the police force, you'd just be a bad lieutenant, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But don't flag people. That's not true. But if you're in the police force, you'll probably do it anyways. Yeah. Uh, man, what a moral to end it. Okay. See ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Uh, this is Alex. Don't, don't be a cop. Don't be a bad cop. Don't be a cop at all. Don't do that. Don't, uh, you know, don't violate the public trust. Don't, don't, um, I just wanted to say that I don't agree with that. And, um, you know, uh, be a good person. Um, Nicholas Cage is Nicholas Cage, so he gets a pass. But other than that, uh, yeah, that's all. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Uh, bye. I want to hate it, Holmes. Do you think fish have dreams? Dog.